Before actually we move to the, to the message this morning, I felt uh, prompted by the Holy Spirit as Stephen was talking about the reality of God pursuing us. And uh, so I'm just going to give it a whirl here. Uh, <clears throat> here's my question for you. I wonder um, how many of you sitting here this morning have had a sense that recently God's done something or shown you something. Something has happened in your life. It might have been hearing a song Someone called you, you had a thought, you saw a scripture, and you know God's trying to get your attention. Like, you know, this has happened, this is unique, and God is trying to get my attention. You may not even know what it's about. If, you, if that's your sense, uh, sitting here this morning, you, very recently, something has happened, and you realize God wants to get my attention. I'm going to ask you to be bold, and if you would, just stand up for a minute. I'm not going to ask you to share it or anything, but if that's you, would you stand up? Okay, <clears throat> this is God at work. And uh, so um, as God um, is always pursuing us, it's just like, the, you know, the Israelites, when they were led out of slavery, the Lord pursued their hearts day after day and he provided for them. But he also led them with a sign. He led them with his presence, the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. And so though the spirit is within us now, we live, the presence is here within us through Christ, by the Holy Spirit, he still sometimes leads us with signs. And so what I want to do is if a, a few people around each of these just come and lay your hands on them gently as a sort of a sign of the community is with you, and we want to bless what God is doing in your life. So uh, just gather, if you would, just put a hand on someone who's standing. I don't want anyone alone. Need a hand? Okay. God, we thank you um, that you lead by your presence and you lead with signs. And so we thank you, God, that you love these so much that you're pursuing them and you're working sovereignly in their lives to get their attention. And I ask in the name of Jesus that you'd release the Holy Spirit upon them and that you'd give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that they would know, Lord, what it is that you want to say, what it is that you want to do. And those standing, I want you to hear uh, the word of God to you this morning from Jeremiah 29. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for welfare and not calamity, to give you a future and a hope. And you will call upon me and pray to me and I will listen to you and hear you and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. So I just uh, ask you just to take. Ten seconds or so, you can do it out loud or in your heart and just tell the Lord, if you feel prompted, Lord, I'm going to follow you with all my heart as you're speaking to me. Just take a few moments to utter to God your own desire to seek him and to find him. Thank you, Lord. Now will you bless the work that you're doing. And thank you for the promise that the good work you begin in us, for some beginning right now, you will bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. We seal that promise, declare it, and walk in faith and confidence in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. You can be seated. I, I applaud your courage. 
to stand when you don't know what I'm going to do up here. <laughs> but I sense that you're not trusting me. You're trusting God in me to do what he wants to do. And um, could I just encourage you as you find out what God's saying or doing, um, when you see it, uh, share it with someone so they too can be um, empowered by the testimony of God's work and his goodness in your lives. Okay. Praise God. All right. <clears throat> Let's, uh, since time has to be smashed together and God's outside of time, let's ask him for that miracle right now. <laughs> Lord, thank you for your presence here this morning, that you, um, you were working when we were sleeping and preparing the works that we would walk into when we woke up this morning. And God, right now you're active and you're not anxious. You're at peace because you know the plans for each of us. God, would you come now by your Holy Spirit and illuminate these scriptures that you inspired, that we would understand them and apply them and walk them out. As God, our desire is to, to look like Jesus. And so now, Lord, we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. It's up on the screen if you need it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Amen. Um, it's, uh, I've traveled some around the world, not a whole lot, but some, and uh, I've talked to a lot of people who have traveled a lot around the world. And it's my experience that very often uh, Americans go overseas. When they come back, there's a tremendous sense of gratitude. Um, uh, people kiss the ground sometimes. Not because the ground is holy and not because our nation is special and chosen and all that. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is we do live in a graced place. We live in a, a, a country that has an abundance of freedom. We got all our troubles, too. My point is, people often go off overseas and say, oh, I love this place. I want to live here. And after a while, when they come back to the States, they go, praise God, I'm, I live here. And um, in, a, in a way, that's what I wanna, it's, uh, where I want to put us this morning as we look at the gospel. Because I don't want to spend a whole lot of time saying the terrible, rotten, no good, very bad place that we were without Jesus. But sometimes it's good for us to remember what's true about us. It solidifies the truth. It, it's, it opens our spirit to an understanding that, man, what we have is remarkable. It's incredible. And so uh, this morning I want to talk about from Ephesians chapter 2, um, these four things briefly that we live in as believers that we live in, who we were without Christ, what God's given us in Christ, how God did that, and why in the world did God do that for us. So that's where I'm headed in the next 18 and a half minutes. <laughs> I forgot to ask for the time miracle. God, give me a time miracle. Okay. Uh, if you uh, if you're following with me, you know, uh, we, we skipped a passage in, in Ephesians and I'm not going to go into my introduction for the series. If you missed the introduction for the series, listen on the website indievineyard.org. You can hear last week and, and um, the week before. I won't go into the whole the whole setup for it. I'm skipping to Ephesians, too, because I won't be here next week. 
And, um, and I really wanted to give this message about the gospel. I really wanted to give this message about the gospel. So we'll come back. We're not going to leave one verse out of Ephesians during our time together. <clears throat> the gospel just means good news. It's the, it's the Greek word for good news. It just means this. Amazing things have happened. In a nutshell, Christ's destiny has become our destiny. That's the good news, the gospel. Jesus became like us so that we could become like him. It's the good news. It's the gospel. I want to read the good news from Ephesians chapter 2, uh, 1 to 10. This is the word of God. Paul writing, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in, transgress in transgressions. It is by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith and this not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. <clears throat> Paul gives us another mouthful. <laughs> and I'm going to try to just bring out a condensed version of the truth so we recognize what God's done for us in the gospel. Verses uh, 1 to 3. Why, uh, who we were without Christ. Again, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time going into this, but it gives us perspective to remember what could have been, what was. When my, uh, when my oldest son was about a year and a half old, he fell into a pool. And I was standing real close by, and he was probably sinking for maybe 20 or 30 seconds. And I yanked him out. I dove in. I yanked him out of the pool probably a minute or so before he would have died. And I'll tell you, when I think about what could have been, my spirit opens up. My love and gratitude to God overflows. My love for my son expands, if that's possible. It gives us perspective. So we're going to talk about what was and what could have been, but only that we might get perspective on what is now for us in Christ. The Bible says uh, at least three things about us. One, we were dead. <laughs> you can't get around uh, deadness. Um, Paul says we were dead in our sins and transgressions. We were dead. And if you're an old, you know, like me, the old princess bride thing, you weren't just mostly dead. You were all dead in your sins. We were, apart from Christ, completely dead. We weren't limping along like, it's okay, Jesus. I'm, you know, I fail a little bit, but I'm, I'm doing okay. I think I'm, I'm, get, I'm, you know, taking my vitamins. No, we were all dead. There was no life spiritually within us. <clears throat> Calvin, uh, John Calvin, 16, uh, 16th century, says, The most vital part of man's personality, the spirit was dead to the most important factor in life, God. The main thing about us and the main thing about life were disconnected. Our spirit from God, we were dead because of our sin and our transgression. 
um, sin and transgression, what's Paul talking about? What's the difference? Sin is, you remember from last week, sin is, give us last week. Give us the picture. Give us the funny picture so people laugh. Sin is right here trying to get on the mark and missing, okay? That's a sin. It's an archery term. It means we missed the mark. This is a transgression. We weren't even aiming at the right thing. So Paul says you were dead in your sin because not only did you miss the mark of perfection when you tried it, half the time you weren't even trying. And that created between sinful man and holy God, a big separation, a gulf. We were dead in our sins. And as dead people, we lived in death and we followed, according to Paul, we followed the ruler of the dead, the prince of the power of the kingdoms of the air. What's he talking about? He's just talking about the devil. He's talking about Satan. He's saying there's this being, Satan, and he rules over just, I mean, look at me here, this space. This space down here, this is what the, the, the people of the first century understood, the kingdoms of the air, this place right here. Satan has some dominion here, doesn't he? He rules. Jesus came, and there's a subversive, beautiful, merciful, gracious uh, insurgency happening, and we're the insurgents because we're bringing down the prince of the power of the kingdoms of this air. But he rules for a while, and when we were dead, we followed him, every one of us. You probably didn't get up two years old from your crib and say, I think I will follow Satan today. Probably you didn't. But you know what? You were because you were dead. Your sins and your transgressions, they kept you from a holy God and you were dead. And you were following after the ruler of this world. Some of you really know what it felt like at age 15, 16, 23, 80, whatever age you know, you realized, man, I've been going after the wrong guy. Some of us didn't, but it's the reality of where we've come from. We were dead in our sins and transgressions, separated from God, and we were following Satan, whether we had a sense of it or not. We followed the ruler of this world. And so instead of living in the manner of the kingdom that's coming, Jesus' kingdom, we lived in the manner of the current kingdom of the enemy. And man, some of us are still reaping some of the consequences of those years of following the wrong leader. We were born to be kings and queens, and we lived as criminals. Can you own that? I think every once in a while we just have to own where we were. Paul does it all the time. This is who we are in Christ, but I remember what I was, because it brings in perspective on the gift that God's given him. And you know what? You weren't alone. We were all there at one point. We were all dead. We were all following the enemy. And as a result of our death and our captivity... We were objects of God's wrath. Yikes. Objects of God's wrath. What does God's wrath mean? Let me tell you what God's wrath does not mean. It doesn't mean God in a bad mood. It doesn't mean God out of control. It doesn't mean God a little edgy sometimes and a little ticked off about some of our personality traits. That's not God's wrath. God's wrath is this. In his love, having to put away from himself anything that's not pure or holy because he's pure purity and perfect holiness. In a sense, God's wrath comes out of his love because if God were to be anything other than holy, he wouldn't be God. We have no reason to follow him. Does that make sense? We were objects of wrath. We were separated from God 
and had come unto us a big time heavenly whooping. Because we were objects of wrath. That's where we came from. And this whole state that we were in, dead, captive, objects of wrath, is what we call original sin. Original sin. We were born into it. This was our natural state when we were born. We were born into that place of sin, death, captivity. And Randy, can you please get to the good news? Until we let Jesus give us a new life. And so we see Ephesians 2, 4 to 7. Here's what happened. All that was true about us, dead in sins and transgressions, captive to the enemy and objects of wrath. And then God. I mean, you could probably end it right there. And then God. Because of his great love for us, changed the whole shooting match. He changed everything. Because God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. And Paul can't get away from it, even though we were dead in transgressions. I mean, he doesn't want us to forget where we've come from. But he says, but God, who's rich in mercy, powered by his love, made us alive with Christ. Love powered mercy. Here's mercy. Mercy is God not giving you what you absolutely deserve. Grace is God giving you what you don't deserve. That's the difference between the two. And God got piles of both of them. (laughs) He's rich in mercy. When you sin, and I'm not suggesting that you make a habit of it, but when you sin, do you realize that God is uh, boundless in mercy? Can you think of a time in your life where you thought, man, I know what I deserve from what I've done. God, do you have mercy for me? The answer is always yes. The answer is always yes. That's why we can say it doesn't matter where you've come from in life. All of us had missed the mark completely. And God, who is rich in mercy, changed our state from dead in sin to alive in Christ. And we've been completely transformed by the good news of the gospel. That's what's happened to us. God's love came to the rescue. Um, I always date myself with these, but I can't get them out of my head, so I have to get them out of my mouth. Um, Anybody ever seen the old Batmans? I mean, the original old Batmans? Okay, enough of us, all right? So you know how it worked, right? You get to the end of one point in the Batman, and you hated it because you knew it was going to be the next day was the end. And there's the dynamic duo. And the, the walls are closing in, and the water's rising, and all manner, and the guy comes on. Is this the end? Will the dynamic duo ever? I wish I had the voice, but you get it? This is where we were. I mean, the world had closed in on us and there was no way out. And then God came. It wasn't a bat belt. God came in the form of Jesus and said, I'm going to take care of these walls. I'm going to take care of the water. I'm going to extract you from certain death. And I'm going to make you alive. To fight another battle. That's what God's done for us in Christ. It was a rescue mission. And so love released mercy to us. Because here's the fact. Dead people can't make themselves alive. Dead people can't bring themselves back to life. It's just an interesting fact. Jesus couldn't do it. Do you think that's heresy? Jesus couldn't do it. it. The Bible doesn't say Jesus brought himself back to life. The Bible says Jesus in human form gave himself to death and God the Father raised him up. 
So if Jesus couldn't bring life to himself, we can't bring life to ourselves. That's just my exhortation to you that are trying to make a life for yourselves apart from God. You can't do it. It's certain death. But God can. He did it for Jesus, and in Christ, he did it for us. God made us alive again in Christ. That's what God uh, did for us when he saved us. And saved Salvation doesn't just mean a change of eternal address. I mean, I know there's that, there's, I can't remember which road it's on, but there's a, a billboard and it says, avoid hell, repent. I get the idea, I just hate that one. Because the point of salvation isn't to avoid hell. It's a benefit, <laughs> a serious benefit. But the motivation of God to save wasn't just to keep us from hell, it was to be in relationship with us on earth. In life. Remember, we're created for, to, to display God's praises in our lives. We're created for that. So salvation isn't just a change of eternal address. It's a change of state. I mean, your, your state before God. It's a change of nature. It's a change of, uh, uh, of uh, what's coming towards us. From wrath to mercy. From death to life. From captivity to freedom. Salvation isn't just we go to heaven. Salvation is you get to be um, loved, given kindness, mercy, made whole, eventually body, soul, and spirit. And sometimes right here in the world, when we pray for someone and they're healed, do you realize that the kingdom goes forward and that's a, a part of salvation? And when we pray... And they're not healed. We recognize Jesus is came, but it's not here yet fully. But we keep pressing in. We keep pressing in because salvation is ours. It's a gift from God. He's given it to us. So as soon as we believed in Christ, we went from death to life. We were riddled by sin. We were riddled by sin. And now we become those who radiate righteousness. You don't always feel that. But it's the reality. Everywhere you go, you get to radiate the righteousness of Christ. Not your own righteousness. His righteousness. But when the world sees it, they kind of don't know the difference. They just go, wow. God has that one. We went from captive to free. <clears throat> from living for the enemy to seated in heavenly places. Remember, that's our position. That's where we sit right now. In heavenly places with God in Christ. By nature, we were children of wrath. By grace, we've become children of God. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That's what Jesus did for us. How did he do it? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this. It's by grace you've been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. The means of salvation is grace. Grace, remember what I said, grace is God giving to you what you don't deserve. It's an abundant gift that not one of us deserved. Grace is the means. That's the mechanism for us being saved. <clears throat> but there's an access point that's required for us to receive grace. And it's called faith. It's called faith. So Paul says, it's by grace you've been saved. There's the means through faith. There's the access point. When we said yes to God, God poured out grace on us. Here, it's like this. Um, 
you find out that someone has given you a brand new car, okay? Just what car do you want? Shout one out for me to use. I need a, I mean a serious good car. An Eclipse. I don't, is it, is that a serious good car? Get me more serious good. I'm sure it's great. A, a Porsche, a Jeep, a Conqueror. Hey, give me a car. A Mercedes. All right, I'll take that one. We'll have discussions about which is the best car later. A brand stinking new Mercedes, okay? And, and, and you find out that it's, it's been given to you, you, and it's going to be yours. And the delivery person comes with the Mercedes, and they plop it in front of your house. And they say this, this is yours. You owe no money. You don't have to necessarily, uh, you, don't, you don't owe any allegiance to me. This is your Mercedes. Here are the keys. It's yours. I only need from you one thing. What are they going to say? One thing. Sign right here. All they want to know is this. I mean, it happens with UPS every, every uh, day here in the office. They just want to know this. You're the right person to get this, right? You're the one to whom this has been assigned, right? And so you get the Mercedes. It's plopped in your driveway. It's pure gift. You did nothing for it. But what? You signed for it. You signed your name. That's faith. That's faith. The signature on the piece of paper didn't earn you the Mercedes. The signature on the, on the piece of paper didn't guarantee even what you'll do with the Mercedes. The signature just gave you access to the gift of the Mercedes. That's faith. That's why Paul says it's by grace, pure gift you didn't deserve, you've been saved. Through what? Through faith. <clears throat> the grace wasn't the gift and the faith wasn't the gift. This is important. It's the salvation that was the gift. Why is that important? It's important so that we don't ever get in our minds we brought something to the deal. We didn't bring anything to the deal with God. God made the entire deal. God made the car. God made the gift. God granted the faith. But we accessed it by saying yes. We signed our name. So, I mean, my big question for some of you this morning, if you don't know where you are with God, Here's the reality. God's issued to you the gift of salvation. Yes, eternal life, new life now, wholeness, peace, power to live. You've been asked to be on the team in the insurgency to bring the kingdom of God on earth. My question is, have you signed for it? Did you sign for it? Because it's been assigned to you. But God doesn't release the grace of salvation until you just say yes. In just a few minutes, uh, those of us who've said yes are going to come forward and we're going to take bread and wine and we're going to remember what it cost for the salvation to be given to us for free. And if you're not at that point, then maybe today is the day of your salvation. Maybe today is the day where you say, you know what, I'll sign for that. That's been appointed to me and I'll say yes. Why did God do all of this? Ephesians 2.10, and we'll end here. For this reason, we're God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, I, I want to end here, one, because Paul ends here, which means God ends here in this, in this portion of the scripture, but also because grace is scandalous, right? Grace is scandalous. If you really understand grace, free gift, what you deserved and what you got, it, is, it will scandalize you. 
And you naturally, as many people in the scriptures, ask the question, well, if it's all grace, I didn't do anything for it. I can't do anything to lose it. Heck, I'm just coasting through life. I've got a free ride and I don't need to give any account for my new Mercedes. And Paul would say, no, no. If you think of grace like that, you missed it. Because remember last week, why did God do all this? He created us. We're God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And God prepared those in advance for us to walk into. So when you access this incredible grace through faith, just saying yes, there's a reason for it. It's because in that new Mercedes, you get to carry the king around. You get to carry the king around. He gets to go in that amazing gift that he gave you everywhere you go. And then he brings his impact everywhere in the world. We bear the image of God. We carry the king around with us. We release the, the love and the power and the presence of God everywhere we go. So we're God's workmanship. God didn't just try to buy us our allegiance off with the new Mercedes. He says, I'm giving you the new car. Now I want to ride in it with you. I want to tell you where to go. I want to tell you what to do. I want to fill it with my presence. Because we're God's workmanship. Created by God for good works. That he prepared in advance for us to do. Remember what I said last week. We're not just the praise to the praise of his glory. doesn't just mean we decorate heaven's walls. It means we actually push forward God's kingdom. We're made for action. That's what I'm saying. All of this has been given. We owe nothing but gratitude. Says, man, I'm giving it my all. I'm giving it my all. So now that you know who you were and what's happened and how it's happened and why God's done it, we get to walk out today and say, King Jesus, where do you want to go today? What do you want to do? Because I've been given a gift and I want to put it to use. I don't want to squander my potential in God. I want to be for the praise of his glory. Let's pray. The community, uh, the communion servers can come forward. That'd be great. <clears throat> God, we, we worship you and we thank you for what it is that you've done for us. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for the gift of life for freedom from the captivity to the enemy Lord that we were objects of wrath and now have become objects of mercy and grace thank you God we thank you that you didn't look to us to see if we were worthy but you've made us worthy because Jesus was worthy and we worship him and walk out of this place today with his presence cheering us, empowering us, and leading us. We pray in his name. Amen.